Hey everyone, this is Christopher Chansey, creator of Theater of Heels. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to check out this and my other projects on my website, ChristopherChansey.com. If you're interested in supporting my work, please take a look at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. Thank you for the moment of your time. And now I present you with our story. Theater of Heels, Chapter 34, Upgrades. I finished it! Yeah! Jefferson screamed as Erica's illuminated head appeared over him. He looked around wildly. Hers was the only light in the darkness of his bedroom. He yanked his covers up. My God, girl, you've about given me a heart attack. Oh. Erica looked momentary crestfallen. Her face brightened. Sorry about that. I was excited. I just wanted to tell you right away. Jefferson gave her a scathing look. Surely this news could have waited for a more appropriate time. He glanced at the clock on his nightstand. Then 3.24 in the morning. Is it that late? Erica scratched her disheveled, greasy hair. Lost track of time. Clearly. I'm sorry, Erica sighed. I guess this could wait till morning. Jefferson yawned. Uh, no, this is the first time you've spoken more than a few words to me in the last month. Give me a few minutes. I shall take a look at the latest doodad you created. He paused. He just realized what he was talking to was a video screen mounted on the head of a robot. Is this one of your robots? Yeah, I sent it out to get you right away. I'm sorry, I didn't consider the time. Jefferson sat up and stretched, grumbling on his breath. Uh, why would you? That would require common courtesy. You know the audio pickup on this- Oh god! You're naked! On the screen, Erica averted her eyes and covered her face. Jefferson pulled up the covers that fell further than he meant. He jabbed a finger at his bedroom door. Get this thing out of my bedroom! Okay, okay, stammered Erica. It thundered out of his room. Jefferson shook his head as he watched it go. Now she wants to talk. He sluggishly dressed, entered the kitchen, and started the coffee brewing. Now that he was up, he wasn't likely to get back to sleep anytime soon. Besides, he'd be lying if he said he didn't have at least a passing interest in what his young protege had developed. It had been just over a month since their bout with Pyrexia and Southpaw. Despite their relative success, their lack of coverage had taken its toll. Their fame points had dropped dramatically. Obscurity seemed imminent. Something about this scenario had lit a fire in the young gadgeteer's heart. She ran down to her lab that day they viewed the hero report, and barely left since. He would have been worried if he hadn't witnessed some playwrights he knew enter a similar frenzied period. Just like them, Erica was in the throes of the muse's fire. She wouldn't be finished with her manic creative state until she had completed the project burning within her soul. During this time, he had taken it upon himself to make sure she ate and rested now and then. Erica would wordlessly eat the food he provided as she sketched out diagrams of some schematic or another. Any of his snide remarks were met with mere grunts as the younger woman was locked deep in an internal monologue. Try as he might, getting her to sleep was something he could not enforce, short of zapping her with lightning. He'd eventually give up and collapse into his own bed. More often than not, when he checked on her in the next morning, he would find her already working. The cot in the corner of her lab often looked untouched. On numerous occasions, Jefferson kept silent vigil over her as she worked. Although he had no other clue what she was doing, her progress was fascinating to watch. As she worked on her various devices from moment to moment, she continuously muttered to herself, 
This should work. No, wait. I have to readjust the polarity first. Where did I put my screwdriver? She asked as she scratched her head with said tool. Almost there. Now I need to figure out a way to turn it on without tearing a hole in through the fabric of reality. He chuckled to himself as he recalled the last month. The elevator pinged open and he stepped through. Oh good, you're here! Erica smiled at him from the lab floor below the landing. I dare say you have caught my attention. So what, pray tell, have you been so diligently and obsessively working on all this time? Erica picked up a baseball-sized silver sphere and held it out. I've been working on this! Jefferson wasn't impressed. I've seen your floating cannonballs before. No, 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 she quickly reassured him. This is completely different. Jefferson crossed his arms and commenced. Here, let me show you, she said excitedly. She handed him a battery-powered digital clock. Hold this. Jefferson looked at the device, nonplussed. And what exactly am I supposed to do with this? Erica brought up her gauntlet's holographic display. Will I give you the word? Toss the clock up high. He looked at her. You want me to what? Okay, now! This seems like a waste of time, he said. Just do it. Fine. Jefferson threw the clock up high. Erica pressed a button on her holographic display of her gauntlet, and the sphere in her hand shot up to intersect the now falling clock. Before it could strike, a bubble of energy pulsed out of the sphere, encasing everything around it in a 10-foot circumference. Within the bubble of energy, the metallic sphere and the clock hung perfectly still. Jefferson's eyes crackled. What is that? Well, this particular battle ball... Battle ball? Really? Jefferson arched an eyebrow. Erica's shoulders slumped. I don't like the name? No. Oh, um, okay. Well, this particular sphere... Her eyes flitted at Jefferson, who made an impatient, Go on, gesture. Anyways... I came up with the concept after doing some work with the energy similar to my anti-gravity matrix that supports my flying vehicle. And I found a way to harness the coronal energies and expand its field in a bubble of energy that dilates the subjective experience of the microseconds by several minute increments. She looked at him proudly. Jefferson massaged his temple and sighed. Erica, let's play a game. Why don't we pretend that I, a lifelong artsy-fartsy theater major, might not have a working knowledge of quantum mechanics, or whatever you call this. Please explain what you just said again, in the King's English. Oh! I essentially created an energy field that holds a person in stasis in direct proportion to the subject mass in... She trailed off at Jefferson's withering stare. Erica sighed. I created an energy field that slows down time for the subjects inside. Really? Jefferson looked from her to the clock appraisingly. He could indeed see the digital stuck encounter had halted its count. Erica nodded. Mm-hmm. I can't hold anything indefinitely. It still has its limitations. But it's still pretty cool. Jefferson arched an eyebrow. What kind of limitations? Well, the first problem is the size of the energy field itself. I cannot fluctuate that without some major design modifications. So for our purposes, the energy circumference will have to do. I think we could plan around that. Is that it? 
The second problem is the stasis sphere burns up a tremendous amount of energy keeping the field going. The sphere's internal battery can be quickly exhausted. How quickly? Jefferson asked. Erica shrugged. Well, that depends on a few factors. Such as? He prompted. I was getting to that, she told him. You don't have to be so pushy. Please be patient with me. I had to deal with a very obtuse and difficult person of late, and it's graded on my civility, Jefferson said dryly. Oh, okay. As I was saying, her eyes flashed as his words hit her from behind the moment. Hey, I'm not obtuse. Jefferson made a noncommittal grunt. As you were saying, he motioned towards the frozen clock. She spared him a quick glare, then shook it off. I don't really have a very cut and dry answer. How long the stasis field maintains itself is interdependent on whatever it has trapped in its field. What I mean is, the bigger and faster the trapped subject moves, the quicker it'll burn through the sphere's internal power supply, thus disrupting the field. Although I haven't really timed it out, I estimate that the field can hold that clock for a couple hours. The time holding other subjects will take more observation. Jefferson smiled. That's impressive, princess. You really think so? He nodded. Can you turn it off? Erica pressed another button and the stasis field blinked out. The sphere continued hovering in place as the clock fell into Jefferson's outstretched hands. Have you developed anything else? He asked. Erica nodded. Other than my impact and stasis spheres, I've also developed a few blaster spheres that float around and fire energy blasts like my pistol, a hologram sphere with prefabricated images available to project, sonnet screamers, which are pretty self-explanatory, and a G-sphere. G-sphere? Erica grinned. Next to my stasis sphere, it's my favorite design. It's a gravity sphere. It works under similar principles as my stasis sphere, except it can project a gravitational field that either traps anyone inside in a zero-g environment, or I could crank up the gravity forces to make those inside far too heavy to move. It's awesome! <laughs> I also created an automatic robot builder to build my basic minion model. I have a little collector spheres and repair spheres to repair them in the field and collect shattered pieces. Considering how the last few battles went, we have to be prepared that my robot minions are going to be fodder for these capers. Still, the bots are way too expensive to just leave behind. And I'm not interested in letting anyone get a hold of my tech and try to reverse engineer it. As I said before, I'm impressed, Princess, said Jefferson. I really am. Do you think this will give us an edge on our next caper? She shrugged. Possibly. I'm nothing if I'm not a fast learner. We weren't prepared last time. Sapal was just some skilled, stretchy guy. And Pyrexia was powerful, but she doesn't hold a candle to some of the other heroes in the Capes Corps. In the future, we'll be taking on people of a much higher caliber. The road to payback isn't going to be easy. Jefferson's head snapped up. Payback? What do you mean, Princess? Erica looked away. Who exactly do you want to get even with? Southpaw? Pyrexia? Sleek? Erica shook her head. No, I'm not saying I feel bad to see any of them beaten, but they're just pawns. Like the rest of us. Jefferson's eyes widened. You don't mean who I think you mean. Her expression hardened. I mean the board. Jefferson's form crackled as he looked around nervously. 
Will you be quiet? He snarled. Do not talk like that. They have ears and eyes everywhere. Do not presume just because you're in the privacy of your workshop that they do not have ways to keep tabs on us. I know that. I've already found 16 surveillance devices in this building. Plus they have all those precogs and telepaths to sense if we're doing anything reckless? Jefferson grabbed his chest. Sixteen? Erica shrugged. And that's just the ones I found. I wouldn't worry. I'm not planning a revolution or anything. I want to get my vengeance in the way that they have sanctioned. I want to humiliate every one of their false champions. What? Erica arched an eyebrow. We're not only going to beat the superheroes they set us against, but we're going to make them look like fools while we're doing it. Jefferson frowned. That isn't going to earn us any friends among our contemporaries. It was her turn to give him a withering stare. What do you care? You're not exactly swimming in friends in the first place. Jefferson winced. That was a bit of a low blow, princess. Erica averted her gaze. Sorry. You have a point there. Still, what you're proposing can be very dangerous. Did you realize that some of the people in the know don't even realize what's going on? What are you talking about? I tried to tell Spearhawk about how the board coerced me to join them with threats of imprisonment, but... She shook her head at the memory. The same head pain and my mouth clenched happened. Like when I tried to tell my parents the truth over the phone. I don't think he knows. He reacted like he's seen the same thing happen to other heels he talked to. He seemed to think that it had something to do with how our contracts were stricter than the ones of the heroes? Jefferson stared at her. I didn't know that. There's something about this whole scenario doesn't sit right with me. More than the moral implications, which are significant, there's something major that we are not seeing. There's something we're missing. Something that feels dangerous to me. It feels like there's a shark below the surface of the water and ready to strike. She leaned wearily on her workbench, looking up at her floating stasis sphere thoughtfully. She pressed a button and the sphere floated down to her outstretched hand. You and I may have insight into this entire subculture hiding in the open, but really, we're just puppets on strings for this great big show. The only benefit of being the heroes and the heels is that we could see the strings tugging us along. We still can't see who the puppet master is that's pulling them. Jefferson asked, and why does that matter? I keep asking myself who is up there. And what do they ultimately want? I mean, I mean, why would you have the board go to so much trouble to put on this highly choreographed show? Well, there's no real mystery there, said Jefferson. This is a hundred billion dollar industry. The board stands to make gobs of cash every time some masked yahoo throws a decent punch at another foe incognito. They rake it in from advertising, endorsement, merchandising, stocks, bonds, construction, insurance, and more. The board is in bed with them all. That isn't a good enough reason for me, she said heatedly. Princess, I appreciate your righteous indignation as much as the next person, but frankly it doesn't matter if it's not a good enough reason for you. It is, however, a good enough reason for the board. We both know people have done horrible things for far less money. Well, I'm not going to play by their tune anymore. 
Jefferson blanched. Erica, this is very dangerous ground. The board doesn't take kindly to those who don't play by their rules. Erica shook her head. Oh, I don't intend to stop playing by their rules. I just want to change our goals a little. Goals? What goals? Erica paused as she considered his question. I've always wanted to be a superhero. When I was little, I wear a homemade mask and cape and sit on my living room floor and watch the hero report on TV. My favorite heroes would duke it out with some fiendish villain, and I imagine myself by their side as a hero. She grabbed a wrench and hurled it across her workshop, where it clattered off into the distance. But they're not heroes, and they're not good. They're just showmen with really good PR. A bunch of cape clowns chasing fame, fortune, and glory. Those shams inspired me and thousands of others like me to chase a lie. Jefferson frowned at her. I'm not sure I like where this is heading. If you mean to buck the system, the Board of Inquiry would. Erica interrupted. I've already told you. I'm not going to try to break any of their rules. I want to work within their perimeters they set. We're not in it strictly for the money, but we're in it for the fame. If this is all distracting the public, then we should give them a show. Let's reveal their heroes to be the clowns that they are. I don't want another person to try to waste their life trying to become something that doesn't exist. Listen, princess, I appreciate your noble sentiment and all, but how exactly are we going to do that? The one thing the heroes have that we don't is an entire multimedia conglomeration at its beck and call. Look what they did with our match against Southpaw and Pyrexia. The publicists will spend any caper that we're in to their favor despite any unfavorable outcomes. I've seen them outright ignore villain victories. How do you propose we defeat that? Erica held up three more spheres. That's where these come into play. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chancy. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chancy. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell. <laughs>